the stories and dreams of Nuedo expand, grow, and form into reality. Joining these stories just takes one step. Now, we have 77 places to start. This week on the podcast, join me, Zach Walsh, as I welcome back Russ of Salty Games to talk about the newest supplement in Nuedo, 77 Stories in Nuedo. Jam-packed with information for storytellers both in and out of the Nuedo system, this package will give you hooks, characters, and prompts to get you started in the neon city of Nuedo. Adventure awaits us right now on Schedule for Launch. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I'm incredibly excited to be rejoined by Salty of Nuedo. Thank you so much for coming back, Salty. This has been a couple weeks in the making, but I'm really excited to have you back and just be talking more Nuedo, really. Well, uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, I appreciate you putting this together on fairly quick notice here. I always feel like people forget, too, that I've like, you're one of the few creators I've met in real life. I've been at your table once and that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I really like new Edo, especially after I got to sit down and actually play it with you. It was a very interesting game. That's far less difficult to pick up than it seems on paper. Yeah. That's a, a fair, I don't know, criticism or observation that it's a big chonky book. Right. And yeah. And, you know, I advertise it as, I call it medium medium plus crunch. Yep. And that plus is dependent on whether you started back in the 80s or 90s or if you started <laughs> in the 2010s. And, and there, there's no judgment there. It's just newer games tend to be a bit lighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, But watching the creator play a game is going to be very different than picking it up from scratch and, and just going at oh, it. Yeah. And uh, uh, actually, interestingly, somewhat on topic here, both the fact that we're, we're recording this now and that you've sat down at a table with me over there at Mecha Games is that I hope to get, uh, if not live, then at least a, a recording of a game session in before this year end. And I'd love to invite you to come back to be part of that over at Mecca. I would love that. We'll have to Sweet. talk more about that in the near future. For sure. It's such a cool game. It's a little bit trickier to play than 5e, but I would even say that it might be easier to play than Pathfinder 2nd Edition. So like, it falls into this like really sweet spot. And I, I like it a lot. I like how combat is not necessary, even if like I played a combat focused character and I didn't do a whole lot of punching until shit hit the fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess r- rounding back to the, the core product here, uh, Noida was built on the, on the back of Old World of Darkness and Legend of the Five Rings for the most part. And it, it shares cyberpunk and Shadowrun aesthetics, but I I didn't play any cyberpunk RPGs. And I did play Shadowrun way, way back in the day, back in, I think, 2 or 3E. And, you know, it was cool to being a D&D player and seeing your favorite elves and dwarves and magic popping up in a modern setting with cool yeah. cars and guns and shit like that. But the the mechanics of it made it unwieldy for me and my friends, and we just we just dropped it. And you know, I, I would always cur- curiously stick my nose back into Shadowrun's business every couple of years, and I'd just never yep. been satisfied with the gameplay. Um, but but Nuedo, well, it it is a it, it it looks a lot like both of those games. It function functions a lot more like an old World of Darkness or Legend of the Five Rings game, uh, probably three yeah. E or four E, not five E, for L five R. And 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 the crunch in the in 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 Nuedo is is definitely front loaded, and so the fact that you you played a pre gen at the table, um, I believe, right? Or did you yep, bring a character? Played, yeah, no. I played Mai. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You played Punchy Mai. Um, that this game was built for character generation, customization, and development. I'm the kind of geek that'll. I still play 5e once in a while, sit down and take two weeks to make a level one 5e character where there's really only three important, two important decisions to make. And, and at the end of the day, no matter what your decisions are, it won't affect what you can do because everything comes out perfectly functional. Um, And, and I'll take happily hours and hours and hours to do that. So I made the way though to be um, more, more complicated, more gratifying than that for character mm-hmm. creation in a sense where it's got a priority buy system where in 
Um, you have to give priority to uh, character components like your magical ability, your augmentations, your cybernetics, uh, your skills, your core traits, and your backgrounds. Uh, but unlike Shadowrun, your lineage, your the physical form your character takes, your race, whatever you want to call it, isn't part of that priority buy. So there's no uh, RP cost to to choosing what you how you want to play your character, what you want your character to look like. You don't have to just optimize to um, whatever the best race is for that that build. Yeah. Um, and then, but then it just goes on from there. The game has unique mechanics that actually re- reward and encourage and develop role-playing. And we can yep. get into that later, more or less or not, or we can look into it elsewhere. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, it's it's a game not built for pre-gens, but which I've de- sent out with pre-gens because, of course, you can't play at a convention or at a local game store for a one-shot with uh, by spending six hours with everybody to make a first-time character. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best character creators I've ever used. And like, I think I told you that last time we talked how much I love the character creator. I have busted open my copy of new Edo just to make characters. Amazing. And then go, I will bring this character somewhere else down the line. If I get the chance. Well, uh, hey man, that uh, th- it is my favorite part of gaming is character creation. So oh, yeah. folks listening to this, that, wonder like oh should i dive in or should i give a new system a chance uh maybe you don't care about the aesthetic or maybe you don't care about the themes which hopefully we'll talk about later um yeah. but if you're a character creation geek at least give this a shot come you don't have to buy it come talk to the discord read our our website go on to dtrpg where you can find more about it and get a sense of what character creation is like because it is just so gratifying but for folks oh, yeah. who don't care about character creation, just want to pick up a, a pre-gen or a, like they don't really give a shit about, about what they're playing. They want to play the game. Then this may not be the game for you. And I don't want to like, this isn't a game for everybody. This is no, a, 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 there's more to it than just this, but this is a game for character geeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. So we're almost 10 minutes in, but salty, we still haven't really told folks who you are. So for those <laughs> who may not remember who you are or, are joining us for the first time. You want to give a little introduction? Sure. Thanks. Uh, so I'm Russ, aka Salty of Salty Games. Salty Games was something that that fell out of my creation of Nuedo, the the role playing game, uh, which has been in development for eight going uh, nine years now. Um, it, it started while I was traveling. Um, writing fiction, writing a game around that fiction, changing the fiction, changing the game, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then really came into, you know, was born into the world during a Kickstarter that I ran two years ago and mm-hmm. fall or November of almost exactly two years ago, November of 2021, uh, that I didn't really know what to expect. It was a funny time, you know, COVID had kept me home for the whole summers of 2020 yep. and 2021. Um, uh, this hobby of mine developing this game um, had been accelerated by, frankly, a lot of free time that I you know, may or may <laughs> not have chosen to take if I was given the option, but I wasn't given the option. Um, and and that Kickstarter made this go from a from a, a you know a pocket project into the real world. And I had no clue what I was getting into. No clue at all. A, a, a good friend of mine has done had done the Kickstarter road a couple of times on skirmish games. And it, 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 he's a very casual, but man of few words and said, oh, don't worry about it. You're smart. You'll figure it out. Gave me a couple of pointers and off I went. And then that Kickstarter blew up. I mean, I mean we're not talking six digits here or anything like that, but it was way higher yeah. than I expected. And, and that, that kind of was a slap in the face, like, holy shit, you really have to take this seriously now. You know, if I just barely funded the thing, I would have put out a project, a product that I was happy with, that was tested, that had been in development for years. But with the way that the response was, and and frankly, the community feedback and the immediate uptake and um, the positivity and the, the, the online reinforcement in a positive way, which seems to be a rare thing it really kicked my ass to, to take this thing from a, from a functional game to, um, 
I, I don't know, to a, to a zeitgeist, to, to something bigger. And it's turned into that. So Salty Games, we have one other game. It's a skirmish game, not ironically. Uh, but but Nuedo is is our core thing. It's what I spend uh, dozens of hours a week on uh, creating new product or um, content. Um, but also into you know speaking with the community, working on this Kickstarter that we can get into, annoying my wife by just tweaking one little piece <laughs> of art or or you know spending another half hour on just a little bit more lore, whatever it may be. Um, and it's turned this passion of mine into a quasi business, which I never really expected, which is a whole other subject matter of your hobbies turning into businesses. But yeah, but that's it. So uh, I, I created Nuedo, didn't know what to expect. And here we are talking about my second and their attached third release under the title. And I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. stoked. One of my favorite things that I can remember was when we were, I was trying to get in contact with you. And the guys at Mecca were like, hey, he's going to be busy for a while. From what I understand, he spends a lot of time in his garage just packing boxes right now. That was one of our first hurdles to getting our first interview set up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, the the unexpected not downsides but the logistics and every article you read and every bit of good advice that that people put out for free that have done it before say uh don't fuck yourself in your successes and they'll be ready for it and in the was more of a new kickstarter was more of a success than i expected yeah. but even looking at the numbers i thought okay well i can get those into my basement and ship them out no problem at all <laughs> i don't have a 9 to 5 i have a weird job schedule i can work from home i can work around it my wife is supportive and is very enthusiastic about helping me through this um i can do this from my basement no problem uh, and 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 eventually did but holy shit was not that wasn't what i was expecting and i mean the problem is with this book that you create and it's got your name on it you want to hand touch everything you want it to they're all hand wrapped they're all there's there's custom stickers there's all this stuff it can't just be shipped out of a warehouse somewhere which i can't mm-hmm. lie might ha- might happen in the future after this experience but those two months were Every day I go down to the basement as pack as many books as I could until the paper cuts <laughs> got too much for me. <laughs> I had to I had to stop some nights because I, I wrapped Noido in brown paper for the first little while. And I would find bloody thumbprints on them from the from oh, the no. paper cuts. I'm like, oh, I can't send that with a bloody thumbprint, as cool as it may be. This is still COVID and nobody wants that. So yeah. or you know, or some agency's gonna find me and 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 lock me up for bio weaponry, whatever the fuck. <laughs> so but but that that was uh, you know, I don't wanna ever go back to those times and thank you for reminding me of them. But there was a lot of time spent <laughs> in my my windowless basement for those two months for sure. So what we're really set up to talk about right now and the main aim of this talk is a new part of the new Edo line of books and something that's it's really designed for new Edo but can be utilized by a lot of people and that's 77 stories in new Edo. What is this book? So 77 stories in new Edo. Uh these are a bunch of plots that I've either used in my own campaigns or in my own stories or fiction um, or things that I've thought up that were suitable for my new idea of the game world. And that's easy to say that, sure, everyone's got that. Why is it special? Why bother going to all the effort? The genesis is that new is not cyberpunk. And you look at it and you say, that's a cyberpunk book. Anyone that takes a quick glance at the cover of Noeda will say, that's a cyberpunk book. It's a it's yeah. a Shadowrun clone. It's a whatever the hell. And it's not. And you say, oh, okay, well, you're just trying to make some special thing. You're not that fucking special. But what makes cyberpunk cyberpunk? And, and you can talk days on end and get into debates about it. But really what it comes down to is cyberpunk has a theme. And it's high-tech, low-life. And that's... Yeah. Uh, rebellion, resistance, oppression, and and like scraping by, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly popular. Look at the the absolute explosion of cyberpunk content that's come out in the last couple of years. Now, there's yeah. obviously a social underlying pressure that's driving that, but we can leave that for the moment. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, but Nuedo has is a, a set in a massive neon city with holographic advertisements and hover cars and all the same shit you see in in cyberpunk style content. But what makes it different is the themes. The themes of Nuedo, aspiration and change. Um, and the themes of cyberpunk are rebellion and resistance. And those create a dramatic difference at the table. Now, do the themes of your game or your book or the content, whatever, define how you play your stories? And the answer is no. You can play cyberpunk with whatever adventures you want to play them. Cyberpunk the game or Shadowrun the game or any of the, you know, fucking uh, cyborg the game. In whatever themes, adventure styles, fluffy to friendly to horror to resistance that you want. You know, how the book is presented, how the art is presented, how the content is presented will influence the, the style, the games that you want to play. But despite the fact that Noedo has the trappings of, of a, a cyberpunk genre, it, it doesn't necessarily explain in the core rule book why it isn't cyberpunk. And certainly we don't go into it so explicitly as that. Yeah. And after publication and after it started to come out into the world, I'd have these conversations constantly. Oh, you put out a new cyberpunk game. Like it's not, it's not actually cyberpunk. And, and I'm not just saying that. Oh, okay. Okay, buddy. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. What makes it not cyberpunk? And it's these themes. And we'll again, leave aside why I made the themes the way they are. But then you come to themes of aspiration and change. What the fuck is aspiration and change? It, in, in, if my story is set in a world that isn't oppression, where the cops aren't your immediate enemies all the time, where the state isn't trying to crush you under their thumb, where corporations will uh, uh, turn and burn you for pennies, um, if the setting isn't those, what the hell am I doing in the Neon City? Because every Neon City game you can name, the themes are rebellion, resistance, capitalism, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to tell this story so many times about what kind of adventures you could play in a non-oppression-based neon city that I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to write a book about the stories you can tell in a non-oppression-based neon city. And that's how the 77 stories came to be. Here's 77 stories not about an oppressive dystopia, but set in a neon urban adventure city. Is that a... Is that a succinct enough answer? I guess I could have just said that. <laughs> I think it is. The thing that we really explored when we played was our characters were trying to stop a bank robbery for no other reason than I can't super remember why they were <laughs> robbing the bank. I I had to leave pretty quick, but it was like, oh, you're trying to stop a bank robbery. And our characters were like, one person was like, a cop. My character was kind of like an underground cage fighter, and then there was like a like a back alley doctor. It was like it was really cool. But the the consensus was, hey, this district is pretty peaceful, and we don't want things to go really bad. So, like, how can we help our neighborhood? Right, and I mean the tough part. Getting back to what we were saying earlier is that. That that session threw together five or no, it was seven, wasn't it? Seven players yeah, playing. Seven or eight of us. I think f- two or three folks had shown up with their own characters, which is incredible, and then four or five people playing pregens. And those pregens and those characters obviously had not had a session zero. There was no alignment on what kind of games you wanted to play, what your themes were, what your goals for your characters or the city or for your adventures were. And so it was me just basically forcing you to have an adventure together. <laughs> which is not ideal in a game that that is intended to have multiple paths to resolution moral gray areas no definitive right or wrong literally zero concept of evil in the game such that session zero is a, is, is a very important thing but you yeah. can't just tell people to go out and buy six copies of the book and sit down and spend five hours <laughs> together doing session zeros so that all eight of you got together and said, okay, let's just suspend disbelief for a moment and try to stop it, or at least figure out why this bank robbery is happening. And that, and that's what it was. It was a half, half heist, half mystery. Um, mm-hmm. 
that I was, you know, using you guys to test out a part of a bigger adventure module, uh, shamelessly. Um, oh, that's fine. Yeah, but uh, but but you know, it, it didn't require that you go gun down whomever you'd been pointed at and assume that there's a gun pointed at the back of your head in the meantime, which is the defining different differentiating factor of this game setting versus other neon splashed urban game settings. Yeah. So what I was going to get at though, is like our characters, even though they had such different backgrounds, the city and obviously like you're able to do this a little quicker. I think that 77 stories helps it with new GMs Yeah, to the system, but our characters were able to be like, this is why we're working together right now. I mean, you're, you have the one from the one character. I can't remember his name right now, but there's a gun toting assassin style character who is like, what can I do to not kill? And it's just like such an interesting take to be able to throw characters that in other games would clash a lot, but in new Edo fold together a little easier because the world is so established all all in all though characters can work together a lot easier in new edo than other systems even if they have some opposing beliefs because opposing beliefs and how things change and personal growth are so key and integral to how new edo runs yeah the um the Character development, again, kind of going back to the start here, is it's not just a part of the rules or, or you know, like I made it a complicated and rewarding character development system for character geeks. It also becomes part of gameplay. Yeah. So a core tenet of the game world, and that what makes it an alternate reality, not an alternate timeline, is that um, belief defines reality. So things that become believed in for long enough, and for the most part, we're talking about myths and monsters and, and all of that, the mythology, mythologies, become true. And that's what creates the world supernatural, the game setting supernatural, because mm-hmm. like our world, people have these uh, fantastic ideas about what might be out there going bump in the night and or what they're praying to and or whatever it may be. But those beliefs in the, the game world of Nuevo can force reality to conform. So enough people will believe in something, it will become true. Now, that's a very macro effect that you can't just go out and decide you're going to believe that you're Superman or the, whatever it may be and, and have mm-hmm. that be true. Um, but on micro effects, it's what makes characters do the fantastic things they can do to be amazing. You have to build up your own legend, capital L game term legend. Um, and that's a reason to role play. And, and I don't mean put on a funny voice and wear a hat and whatever like that, but like to, there's more reason to get into a new Edo character than just building a cool character and going out to fulfill a mission in the gritty city for a couple of synth bucks. Um, it's, you will get more powerful and not, I don't, I don't just mean experience points. I mean, uh, there's five or seven it ways to iteratively reward characters in the middle of a game session based on what they do, what the players have them do. And the, but the primary one is legend. And at first players, you know, whether new to the system or, or, you know, starting a new character, it may not be immediately obvious coming into Noedo how you do that with a new character. You might look at a bunch of statistics and think I've got a fighter, I've got a sweet talker, I've got a spellcaster. Eh, let's just see how the mechanics work and then I'll, I'll think of a, a legend later. I'll think of what I want to be famous for. Mm-hmm. But but these 77 stories in the way though and passionate and engaged storytelling, uh, which is easier for me as the creator, but which I'm hoping to foster with with other storytellers in the system rewards players for doing what they want to do but like leaning into it and i don't just mean like you get you get two extra experience points zach congratulations it's your characters get better and they get better at the things that they're doing so throwing together a disparate group of pcs at the start can be a little bit tricky like any game system um because one what are their motivations and two should they be working together blah 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 but allowing them to lean into their strengths 
and and showcase what they're good at and what they want to be good at um, is rewarding to the players. And when they see that they're not all just trying to be the guy doing the most damage per turn or I'm the tank, no, I'm the tank, no, I'm the healer, no, I'm the healer, whatever it may be. There's only four trope class, whatever roles in, in, in <laughs> a combat-based game at least. Um, that you're not competing with the other players, you're you're synergizing with them. Yeah. Um, that you see those those points start to ping, 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 ping around the table, and holy shit, it makes me so happy to see and like to see eight new Nuido players at that that game session that you were at. At first, everyone's like, "Okay, let's just play a new game." But by the end of it, people are like, oh, I can't wait to do this. Oh, man, my thing does that thing with your thing real good. Okay, make sure that this happens. Like, to watch that happen is magic for a game developer. So, anyways, I'm, I'm glad that you saw it as well. I loved it, too. And I I think one of the strongest points in New Edo is that because of the setting, because of the laws in in the base setting, we're talking a lot about the base setting because 77 Stories is set in new edo yep when when somebody does something that puts the group in danger watching everybody panic to find group safety is hysterical and a (laughs) lot of fun we accidentally killed a guy and everything went to shit (laughs) and it was just because the damage roll was so high (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, and for folks new to the system, it is a game world that is, um, you, you know, we're talking not if not lawful good, then lawful neutral in a conceptual sense from from a pure uh, uh, what what can and should you get away with? Um, guns are illegal. That's, guns are illegal in the game. Yeah, um, uh, you know, murder is illegal. It's a law abiding. I call it a functioning democracy, even though in lore, it's not really much of a democracy. <laughs> um, it's a 20, mid 21st century setting where you can't just wander around and get into a gunfight and, or murder a dude and, or whatever it may be and have expect there to be no repercussions. And when I was first testing the system way back years and years and years ago, of course, players love to push the boundary of what they can do and, and steal from the merchant and, and whatever it may be. And so I had to put in the Deus Ex Machina, which is Neo Sama, uh, the SWAT squad, the what do, you, what do you call it in cyberpunk, the the heavies, and they they come down and, and stomp you if you are um, being murder hobos in my city, in Nuedo as it's can, canonically written, uh, the the stomp squad uh, Neo Sama come down and and, and kill you. Uh, without, you know, jur- like no concerns over jurisprudence or anything like that. And and so it, it forces everybody to not just murder their way through problems. Now, of course, this is a world where guns may be, may be illegal, but melee weapons are not. It's a f- almost like a feudal 21st century city such that you're allowed to wear your sword and folks will still are dueling is illegal. And because someone's allowed to wear their sword, someone else can choose to wear a pole arm or a goddamn war hammer or whatever it may be. And the cops will keep an eye on you and the cameras, you know, are watching, but it's not illegal. So violence isn't uh, absent from the setting. And Dave Thomavore did a video, uh, which I'm very, very pleased and happy that he did so. But he, he, he lighted over this violence thing and suggested that there's no violence in the setting. And that's not the case. It's just that the violence either tends to be pointed in political and have repercussions or be behind closed doors, uh, leaning into the politics, the intrigue, the espionage, the, the, you know, whatever your many conflicts are. Um, but you can't just wander around the city killing folks. And so during your game, when, <laughs> when that death occurred uh, and, you know, the, the the sirens started going off and the, the, the folks more familiar with the system were like, oh, fuck, we got to get undercover quick. <laughs> yeah, we were we were trying to kidnap like somebody to like because they were like it was like we already knew we were going to be in trouble. We were already under the watch. We were trying to take them in because they were attached to this bank robbery. Yeah. And then the death occurred because we were loading this person into like a basically like a 
a work van and we just had to, we bailed. We like ditched two or three party members. Like we're like, just go. <laughs> like people were abandoned. Like things were thrown out. We just like got down and ran. <laughs> I, and, and you know, and that on the back of folks more familiar with the, the setting, I guess. Uh, but again, with eight, eight players that don't know each other and eight characters that don't care about each other. That was always going to be a fucking gong show episode. And it turned out fun <laughs> regardless. Chaos, pure chaos, of course. But anyway. it worked out in the end. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone, everyone had fun. So that's that's what counts. <laughs> so another thing that's really great about 77 Stories is that it is designed for people who are trying to get familiar with the system and the setting and the world. And something that you've done for that is list out some locations. We talked a little bit about this before we started, but I love the location stuff. I think it works really well for new storytellers. Yeah. And so when I wrote the 77 stories at first, I wrote 77 plot hooks using things that I had used in my campaigns, uh, threw in characters from campaigns and stuff like that. Um, But I didn't really label any of the locations. I didn't call the restaurant uh, Hofuku's. I didn't call the, um, the the hot springs the Nogura Onsen. I just said, you're in a gambling den, you're in an onsen, you're in a restaurant, you're in a whatever. And I sent sent it out for review to a bunch of indie creators uh, like Zach, like other game developers, like reviewers, and got back some feedback. And a good healthy bit of it was, this was a cool scene. What was that restaurant called? And And I said, well, you're a storyteller. Why didn't you just fill it in based on some story that you're currently telling, put it into a restaurant that you're currently using or you've used in the past. And they said, well, no, I didn't purchase this book, even though no one fucking purchased the book. (laughs) I didn't purchase this book to be told to create these things. And so it was very easy for me to go back and just pluck out all of the locations and then fill in the details that I'd used in my own stories. Um, to say it's this restaurant, that onsen, this alleyway, that whatever it may be, and turn those into 30 more things. You know, the 77 stories is literally 77 plot hooks or, mm-hmm. or story seeds. And then there's 20 or 25 NPCs that are fleshed out in great detail. And now they've got stats and everything like that. But then I added 30 paragraph length um, location details that that you can just drop into your stories and 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 zach you've kind of suggested it but but the book is meant to be system agnostic um you can use this in your cyberpunk game you can use this in your shadow run your your cyborg your hell you can use it in any urban game it it is a modern game right now Mm -hmm. noedo has quite a bit of mystical influence to it um it's a sci fantasy uh well, trying to figure out what to call it when we weren't calling it uh, cyberpunk, we called it mythotech, which yeah. I still love. It, mythotech is the perfect thing for it. It's like spiritual technology, and there's no conflict between the two of them, refreshingly. Um, but you could drop these plot hooks, these NPCs, these detailed locations into any game system, any modern game system, and have them work. And so this isn't a Nuedo expansion. It's a system agnostic expansion that also is a, a, a particularly useful guide for Nuedo storytellers. You briefly touched up there, but I really did want to talk about the NPCs. So I know that these are NPCs that you created and used in your games, but there is such a wide variety of characters that have been pulled and put in here and statted out. So what are some of the NPCs that like you particularly think are good for people who are new to Nuedo? Why is the white rabbit so amazing? That's my question. <laughs> I love the white rabbit. Okay, so uh, the white rabbit. Let's start with that. The white rabbit is my a favorite character. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, I love white so rabbit. <laughs> I, I keep thinking that that my my Easter eggs are way more obvious than they are, but the white rabbit is from from the Matrix. Yeah. I okay. That one. Yeah. So, okay. Good. Now, now. Me, but, oh, oh did, well, it. whether yeah. or not it was that, that, but but so the White Rabbit is an anarchist DJ of uh, from the Ghost Talkers 
um, uh, uh, path, uh, which are a series of techno mystics in the game. And the white rabbit is his, his um, uh, motivations aren't entirely revealed during this, but he shows up in two sto- two or possibly three stories. And this is indicative of what the book is like too. It's a lot more, mm-hmm. it's modular. You can kind of add these things up together. Um, so white rabbit is a DJ and he's, he's up to some mischief and the mischief has a meta arc, but whether you pull it out of this book or not, doesn't matter to me because you'd be able to use him in his stories and pluck him from the back of the book out, his paragraph length character description and use him in your stories, whether or not they're Naruto stories. Um, but imagine a techno mystic anarchist, a nonviolent anarchist uh, out to change how magic works in the city. And that's the white rabbit. But then on the complete, op- well, not complete opposite, but another end of the spectrum, we've got Tenda Hojo and Tenda is a, uh, the last <laughs> bleeding end of a, of what used to be a hugely powerful um, uh, of clan or family within the empire. We're talking a thousand years old. And this clan at one point was so close to running the empire that they were tended to be the next shoguns, the, the Hojo. And you're introduced to the Hojo in the core book in the history section talking about this conflict that ended with the, the the seat of the shogunate being banned for 200 years, blah, blah, blah. But the Hojo doesn't appear past that history section. Um, and uh, Tenda Hojo is thrown into the 77 stories here, wherein there's a plot where the characters, keep in mind the plot hooks are paragraph or half page length. They're not full adventures. The storyteller does have to do some work. So the plot hook is that uh, the characters, for some reason, are motivated by money, by guilt, by whatever it may be, by family rules, by et cetera, to evict squatters from an abandoned mansion in an old but wealthy part of town. And they go and, you know, they might just go and fight the squatters and that'd be the end of the adventure. They succeed, they get the reward, blah, 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 blah. But new way those stories don't tend to be so one-dimensional. And if you play it out that way, whatever, man, there's something lined up behind that and there will be implications for it. But the depth to the story is that the squatters claim that the mansion used was owned by the family dynasty, and that dynasty was the Hojo. And then you go back into the Hojo being a thousand-year-old power in the empire. Um, and do you try to assist the Hojo to reclaim, reclaim their glory, or do you kill them or evict them and take your money from whomever your paymasters are? Or do you uh, analyze whether or not the Hojo deserve to get their glory back? And so Tenda Hojo, the, the character description in the back, makes it clear that, that she's angry, that her family was thrown into decline by choices made by her family members 500 years in the past. Whether or not players, the storyteller, modern perspective should believe that those justify the decline of that clan. And then... The, the the cool thing, well, one of the cool things about Nuedo is that the past is no better than the future, and the future is no better than the past. Yeah. Uh, just because you just because something is progressive doesn't make it good necessarily, because it can be attached to a bunch of negative connotations. Just because something is conservative doesn't make it evil, uh, because it can be attached to some positive connotations. Uh, the game is set up to not decide for you where on the spectrum of uh, science versus mysticism, past, future, tradition, technology, where in these spectrums you should fall. It's, it's set up to create the conflict between those things and allow you to decide what the good and what the evil is or what the what the story you want to resolve one way versus the other is. So Tenda and White Rabbit are these two, you know, One's an anarchist. Well, actually, they could po- very possibly be aligned. One's an anarchist that wants to take down the system, and one's a rebel, but obviously a, a imperialist. But from five hundred years ago, who wants to rebuild this, the feudal structure of the world in her own name? Both of them don't agree with the current government. They could very feasibly, in the story, be allies. Anyway. There's a long-winded way for me to say that the, the parts of the 77 stories in the way that were modular, you can pick and choose, but they weren't built in isolation from each other. It's not a D100 list of character names and this merchant has a chip on his shoulder. This 
this room in the dungeon has blah, blah, blah. Those are useful for storytellers. Don't get me wrong. I've got Kevin Crawford books. Um, (laughs) But, but these are, this is lore that you can drop into your adventures or create adventures around. um, And, and, and just make them one-offs. You can throw Tenda Hojo into your story and not have her matter. And she doesn't have to be a feudal Japanese descendant like she pseudo is in my my game here in Noeno. Yeah. She could be whomever in your game and still use all of the themes and all of the angst and all of the anger that she has for a justifiable justifiable decline in her family honor and renown and all of that. And it doesn't have to involve the scenery of of Noeno. So, um I say that you could you could probably take apart all of the 150 components of this and make three, maybe four story arcs out of it. And I don't mean that that there's not a lot going on. I mean that the meta arcs involved in these things would are gratifying such that if you're a storyteller that needs or would like to have a little bit of help filling in details, this book will do a lot of the legwork for you for, for broad arcs. I don't just mean micro transactions like no, grabbing the name of yeah 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 yeah. Big now you can use them, like, but you could use them for little things a, a throwaway in a restaurant a uh, a unique character in a busy sidewalk that kind of stuff it's got all of that but yeah. th- because of my passion for this game and the setting and my history of building and all this stuff um there's a, there's a lot in the background that i think is obvious that may not be obvious uh-huh. to everybody but as you play it or as you read the book you'll be able to extract more from it than just D100 lists or just a couple of, of plot points or whatever it may be. You got characters like that who are like really good for being like in those big story arcs. And then you have another character that I really love and that's Twin Run and audience. I'll just do like this. <laughs> Twin Run's great. I yeah. remember like, so audience, she's basically just, She's an Oni. She's a red Oni who's giant, beautiful, fun, and just a good time who's known for drinking and brewing. And she's beloved by her neighbors. She runs a brewery. You can go and hang out with her just whenever she's in. And she's like more or less another nonviolent character. So, or now she is. Yeah, and 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 there and and so there's a I mean yeah the two last ones were very meta arc and and politics and all of that but here Twin Run is she's a brew crafting oni that that you could throw into any part of an adventure and just have her be a little bit of a breather mm-hmm. you know there's the the underlying threat of don't piss her off she's two hundred kilograms of of muscle and and drunken joy um, but <laughs> but. But, you know, she's a differentiated character than you may find in your typical settings. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I mean, there's some tropes in these characters because, oh, yeah. I mean, tropes exist for a reason. Yep. Um, Red Tooth is a good example of a, is a kind of a tropey, slimy villain character. They're not yeah. all these, these anti-heroes that you love to hate or hate to love or, or fall in the middle uh, Red Tooth is someone that you know you could just set your characters against and not feel bad if and when they kill him. But yeah, there's more to it than just than than superficial, you know, descriptors. I guess. Mm-hmm. I also want to put out we talked about cross platform a little while ago. I want to run back to that really quick because I had forgotten to say it in. But you have also composed a very nice little chart here of transferring the technical difficulties or the um, the difficulty numbers of Nuedo into roughly difficulty values for other systems. So, audience, I just want to throw that in there. If you're interested in 77 stories, but you're like, oh, I want to run it in... Uh, Cyberpunk, Shadowrun, yeah, Traveler, any, yeah, some of the more of common, systems. any of the common modern, there's a D20 difficulty comp in here. And now that doesn't help for every stat of every NPC, no. but but it does uh, help say, okay, if there's a, Nuedo uses difficult, uh, target numbers, TNs. Yep. And so the stories will say a TN16 survival check will allow characters to do blah, 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 blah. 
and the PDF references, you can just click a link and go to the table and they'll say TN16 is equivalent to difficulty class 13 in a D20 system or two successes in a threshold system or a DV from Cyberpunk of 15 or a dice modifier from whatever of, of plus two. So yeah. it, 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 I'm doing my best to make it broadly usable by storytellers that have been attracted to it because of its different themes and, and color and character and all of that. Uh, that it isn't just a, just a Nuedo tool. Now, it's aimed at Nuedo storytellers because I want to build up my system, of course. But if by doing so, if introducing Nuedo themes into Shadowrun adventures, then hell, the world needs a little bit more levity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I love 77 stories. I, I I have a pull quote for 77 stories. I like it so much. It, like, it'll, <laughs> it'll kick your ass and like make you get up and just move in and really nestle into the world of Nuedo. It's, it's a fun read too. It's not huge. It's the Kickstarter price for it is like really, yeah, really I, accessible. I, I, I probably fucked up on that pricing, but here we are. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so listeners it's $6 in Canadian for what will end up now being an 80 page PDF of very detailed and in-depth non list based uh, storyteller tools and vibrant art and, and, the and world so building and all of that. So uh, the reason I priced it at $6 was frankly, cause I wanted to get in the under $5 list on DTRPG, which is yeah. a business decision. Um, and you know, the, the core the book sells for 20 Canadian dollars and it's 300 pages. So I'm like, okay, well, six bucks for this seems reasonable, but I've had a lot of feedback that I've underpriced it. Fuck it. It's not changing. It's a going to be a, a $5 American, less than $5 American expansion or PDF that's usable for everybody. And if that motivates more folks to grab it, then that just helps Nuedo and, and helps storytellers out there. So. Yeah, the physical Nuedo book, which I keep right by my desk because I like to flip through it. I'm not even <laughs> It It's like a, I got, like I said, the physical version, the soft print. I do want the hard copy because. Oh, you have a I, soft cover. I you don't have the color, cover. eh? Yeah. So we'll, I, we'll I fix that. We'll get that fixed, man. <laughs> we'll get it fixed down the line. But I, I wanted the game and I was on a budget and I got the game and I did not break the bank with it. So both new Edo and 77 stories super fairly priced. I think that's really important. And I think it's also really important to let people know that 77 stories is already funded. It's totally funded and has already hit some stretch goals. You have, as of recording this 25 more days to go. Yeah. We funded in 69 minutes and I was excited to get it funded under an hour. New Edo, the core book funded in 12 hours, the last hundred bucks funded by my wife without me knowing. Um, Uh And that was exciting and cool. (laughs) <laughs> but this one funded in 69 minutes and I was excited for it to happen in under an hour. And then it hit 69 minutes and the childish little boy in me said, <laughs> that's funny. Nice. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so it's funded. My art is financed. The, 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 uh, the campaign will do what it's set out to do. If we can do more, um, I'm also will release a, a, a adventure module for Nuedo called the heroes of Hayuga. Uh, and currently that's an ash cam version with mim- minimal layout and editing or sorry, minimal layout and art. Um, I would like to reach a stretch goal in, in new Eda where I can do full art for that as well, but that will be available to the community regardless. Um, at 10,000, if we can get there, I'd like to put out some STLs for new Eda. Um, yeah. custom new Eda world. You know, I like my minis. I don't necessarily like to play grid-based games, but I'd like to have the tactile reminders of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, some STLs would be incredible, and it goes from there. So uh, getting in now, if if you're still like on the fence about whether like you, you, you would want to get into a Kickstarter or not, one, the book is written and done. Uh, two, grab it now because you get a copy of the Heroes of Hayuga 30-page adventure module for free and all of its upgrades in the future, regardless of whether it gets upgraded with full color or not which will be a couple of bucks that I'll mm-hmm. end up charging for it eventually. Uh, physical backers get a cool, it's, it's a 1 million yen coin from Division 8, the uh, 
the um, the treasury, uh, which is just a tactile game token to 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 play with in your hand as you play the game. It's uh, yeah, 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 exactly. I've seen them. Um, and and there's like a them. and there's a solid chance that uh, that the PDF price goes up after the campaign is over. So at six bucks yeah. Canadian, it's hard to argue with the content that you're getting. So consider coming mm-hmm. out and supporting. Uh, I, I appreciate that if you can, if you can do so, there's value add to you for getting in at this level at the Kickstarter campaign and very little risk. Nuedo was funded two years ago, delivered a year ago and has a five-star review on DTRPG. And there's a lot of comments on, um, on, on my delivery of it in that I'm an over deliverer. I, I'm very transparent. <laughs> I, I love this game. I love this world. But I'm also, cons- I'm I'm a businessman and I want this to work. And so, it, there's very little risk with with backing a salty games um, Kickstarter. And and I, I yes. don't I guess I I hate chilling so hard, but I guess I am trying to sell something here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's totally true though. Even, I mean, like just getting to know you a little bit more, reading more of Nuedo. I think I told you this, but. New Edo is a book that I read cover to cover in less than a week for our interview because I was so engrossed with just the core book. That's impressive. I couldn't read the goddamn thing in a week. I was, I have a lot of games (laughs) and I'd like started flipping through it a little bit before we started talking and then we got in contact and I was like, I want to know more. And the way everything is set out had my storyteller's brain just racing it's so well laid out cool and i loved it and i like i said i still flip through the book well i mean it's it's a pretty book so there's if if you're if you're if you're a collector of of ttrpgs like so many of us are we have more than we'll ever play um i often get the comment that this is my comic my favorite coffee table ttrpg at the moment and that hurts (laughs) it hurts me a little bit because it means you're not playing it uh but but if it's at least it isn't just buried on your your shelf of of shame that you know you've Mm -hmm. purchased and you're never going to play that folks will sit there and flip through it and and the the awesome thing is that i'm part of a lot of game discords uh that our discord is so active and 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 also positive and inviting and engaging and like self mod uh, uh moderating that like there's no negativity on that discord come in ask questions homebrew section read the lore section we've actually just uh the 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 community was asking a question today and we came up with a new um i don't know what do you want to call it poll or rule for for russ that every week they're going to run a, a a poll of five uh, topics that they're curious about the lore of Nuedo on. Like one Myers, the Shogun, the Empress, the Wheel, Yokai. Yeah. And whichever one gets the most votes, I will write a paragraph to a page on from my notes that it that that got chopped, that didn't make the, you know, that's on the cutting room floor, couldn't make it mm-hmm. into the book. Um such that that every week I'm going to be putting out a new half a page or page of Nuedo lore on the on the back of the recommendations and requests of the community here. So it's a it's I I love it. I love being part of that engaged. Well, community is the only right word for it because yeah. they're half building the damn thing. But but uh, so you know if you're if you're on the fence and want to learn more, just I'm, I hope Zach will be able to offer some links to it and and come stop by and get a sense of what what's going on before you uh, dive into the thing, or spend the six bucks. Come on, <laughs> salty. We have to start wrapping up soon. Yep. Because like I said before this, I was like I don't know if we're going to be here for an hour, but here we are. <laughs> ah, tech difficulties. We'll cut it down to 45 minutes. I'm sure after my, some of my rambling rants, but ah, it'll but. be okay. <laughs> but one of the things I want to know, because before I used to ask everybody for advice for creating and that, and like advice for new writers, but I feel like after a little while we started to get a little redundant. So what keeps you creating in the space? Like obviously new Edo does, but what about that? Oh, the, well, I mean, great lead in the community, man. It's, this thing lives in my head and 
I love it. And, and it was a part of me before I started this Kickstarter, uh, a group of friends and I played it to more or less of their enjoyment, some more, some less. <laughs> um, but it was just a hobby. It was just something that floated around upstairs. Um, but I don't think that I would continue to create the way I do and desire to put it out there on a commercial basis because man, selling is hard and editing sucks and layout is hard and art is expensive. There's no AI art in, in Nui though. Not frankly that I hate it, but that I know it was started before AI became a thing. And I have an incredible group of artists that I work with and I want to keep paying them. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And, 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 and they and I storyboard with, with AI art, but then the, the art at the end is, is original from their hands, just to be clear. But, but this community that has grown up somehow around this game keeps me coming back to it. And I, every day I'm on the discord. Um, and the, the community there is, is, you know, they float their own ideas and they get in conversations about lore points and mechanical points and, they brag about their characters and they they brag about the stories they're telling and all of that. And I love to just drop in sometimes and not say anything and, and see what's going on there. Like such an active community that that I, I didn't create. I uh, uh, in, inspired, I guess, as it sounds like a fucking strong word. But more that, <laughs> like, if not for folks enjoying this thing, I wouldn't continue to do this. But people yeah. enjoying it, it, it's such a hit of dopamine, man. Like to see folks enjoying this thing that you created, I guess it's like being a brewer and people enjoying your beer. If no one enjoyed your beer, you might stop making it and just drink someone mm-hmm. else's beer. Cause it takes a lot of work to brew in your basement. He yeah. said from experience and, <laughs> and no one enjoys forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the beer that I made was terrible. And so, and no one enjoyed it. And so, and so I stopped doing it. Um, but like this game, if, if, you know, if, if it didn't get the, the reinforcement from the community and so, okay. And so getting back to your question, you know, creators looking for inspiration to keep doing the work and, and hustling and, and whatever you want to call it, spending time creating instead of spending time playing a video game or playing tennis mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, spending time with loved ones. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, um, is, is, find that community, whatever it may be. And if you're not yet playing your game at a local game store, go fucking play that at a local game store. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, if you record already find a way to make it more engaging because somehow mine is very engaging and I'm co- consistently blown away by the co- constant positivity that I see there and, and activity that I see there. Um, f- and, and obviously in game development, um, you need community feedback because you can't create these things in your head and have them yeah. be functional games. They, they could be fiction, but they can't be games without third-party feedback. Exactly. Um, but, but having that, that having an active community that you're what you have to be egoless with when it comes to the feedback, accept it. Don't be like, don't say, but sorry, that's my dog snoring. Don't say, but <laughs> after, after accepting some critical feedback, don't say, but I wanted to just, just say, yeah, okay, cool. And take a note and consider how it can affect your game, your lore, your whatever it may be, the future of the setting, the future of the game. Um, take the ego out of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and anyways, it's, uh, it's so gratifying for me um, and a ton of fucking fun too. Yeah. Salty, when does the backing for, 77 stories in new Edo and it ends on December 15th, I think at 9 AM. So as Easter Zach said, we're f- Easter standard time. Yeah. We're, we're fully funded. There's a couple of fun stretch goals. Uh, there's benefits to getting in now versus waiting for it to be available on DTRPG in probably May, April or May next year. Um, and uh, uh, you know, get involved and there's a bunch of links on that Kickstarter that hopefully Zach will link that you'll be able to oh, find yeah. more information about the game. If you're curious and, and don't want to listen to me talk anymore, which is entirely <laughs> re- reasonable at this point. You can also go back and listen to the other episode too, which will probably oh, yeah, also please be do. down below. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe you will be the sole Ayumi because uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a fun one, but <laughs> well, 
Oh uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave that. We can talk about that one offline. Yeah, we'll talk about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people find out more about you and Nuero? So our core site is www.salty-games.com, uh, not slash, but dash. Uh, and that has information on Nuedo, its paths, its lineages, its lore, its history, its mechanics, all of, the, you know, kind of a high level bunch of information. Yeah. You can also go to drive RPG and search Salty Games or Nuedo, N-E-W-E-D-O, all one word. Um, and then we've got a Kickstarter running, which is too fucking long. We'll just have to drop a link in there. Uh, <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, all the information on, on me and the game is in mostly the website. As always, audience, those links are going to be down in the description below. Go check out 77 Stories in New Edo. Go check out New Edo. This game is phenomenally well-designed. Salty has created something that I absolutely love. I wish there was more content like other people were putting out, like even an actual player or something like that. Like I want to I want to hear more about New Edo. I want to hear how other people hold on, experience hold on, this world. Can, oh. we, can we get another minute? Yeah. So, okay, we got, I, this, this community that has grown up around the way that was so active that I put out a third party license just to be a a developer that said, okay, I want you guys to have fun, make money, use my 3PL. And I forgot about it. I didn't think about it. I just was just trying to be an open-ended, not world wizards kind of developer. (laughs) Use my stuff. Don't steal my art. Because unfortunately, I paid for it and I don't have the license to let you use it. But use my words, copy paste from the book. That's what the 3PL says, except the yep. just don't be a fucking douche. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the only rule is don't be a douche and don't steal the art. Um, but but then there's so much homebrew that appears that I wanted to create a way for community content to to be unofficially but published, so other readers and players can benefit from the crazy, amazing, imaginative content that's being put out by the community without me having to say that's a uh, new Edo canon or that's new Edo created by salty games, me having to edit it because I'm particular blah, fucking blah. So this weekend, I mean, I've been floating this with the discord for months now, but this weekend I announced the, the, the creation of a, a title called dreams in new Edo dreams of new Edo. And Dreams of Nuedo goes back to the tenet of belief defines reality, such that your homebrew, Zach, can be so based on a, a, an area of the city or a group of people in the city that believe something so strong is true for you and them. And that that is canon. And it, I don't have to recognize it as official salty games. And if it's half decent and not douchey, I will put it under the Dreams of Salty Games and douchey, I mean, like, don't be a bad person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dream Dreams of Nuedo uh, title that that will be homebrew. Basically, this is the DM's Guild. This is the the community content title that will be put onto a lot more Nuedo based creativity that I just don't have the time to create. And it, it will be by different writers with different vibes. I don't have a horror. I'm not a horror fan. This, these aren't punk games. Uh, there's no, there's no uh, biomorphism. Be- uh, anyways, if your visions of my game or this world uh, include more horror, more punk, more sci-fi, more mysticism, more religion, more whatever, they'll end up coming out under the Dreams of Nuedo titles by different writers. And I'll have a hand in them in some way, shape, or form. They won't be canon, but they'll be content for you to consume, ideally, and there's already three or four that, as soon as I announce this, we'll pro- hopefully have something out by the end of the year in Ashcan form, and certainly multiple yeah. titles out by the end of next year. And that excites the fuck out of me to think that folks love this so much that they want to put out their stories, their campaigns, their their races and paths and classes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just mechanics, their own lore as well. So I know this is five minutes that we weren't supposed to have on the back of this thing, but it's I'm fine. just super super stoked about dreams of Nuedo. And this is not even my stuff. And all of these writers will get royalties and, and all of that. Like this is yeah. me just, this isn't just me writing on the backs of, of other writers. Uh, this is a, a community process that will expand the world uh, to, to offer a, a non punk based neon city to, uh, to gamers. 
or punk bass if you were dreaming of new way that was more punk but then why why play yeah. new way why not just play shallow run <laughs> or cyberpunk yeah okay exactly. i'm done i'm done i'm done i promise no that, there we go that's but that's kind of what i'm getting at audience like i love this game and the community loves it so i'll probably snag a link from you for a discord because it is a really good place to start even yes like, the discord's amazing the people are friendly it's very active it's a very active discord which is super nice especially when we're looking at these smaller tabletop role-playing games that just don't get enough love and like the love for new edo is big but i i definitely think more and more people will come i hope so so, man it's good to see check those links down below though audience salty thank you so much for joining me tonight it was great to have you back and i'm i'm looking forward to hearing more stories in this neon urban game well man thanks for having me i really appreciate you giving me a, a platform to, to to shout about this thing i've created <laughs> and uh and the boat's out of the water now but we'll get you out on it next spring Hell yeah. all right and audience thank you so much for joining us salty and 77 stories in Nuedo. schedule launch really really soon so you have a couple more weeks from this and go get it six dollars for six dollars canadian for you american listeners that's only like three bucks it's a one less run to duncan or something i don't know about america i haven't been there in years so <laughs> take care of yourselves and i hope to see you sometime real soon till then though bye thank you so much to russ for joining us on the podcast again 77 stories in new Edo has some of the most incredible prompts and pieces to get you started in a mythotech game at just six dollars it's also a steal and it really does come with some incredible content beautiful art and it is associated with a really great community so please check out the discord that link's going to be down below check out the kickstarter fun 77 stories if it sounds like something you'd be interested in and thank you for listening audience we've had some changes to our socials and stuff with how Twitter's now handling headers in their links, and it doesn't let me direct message new creators. So I've had a really hard time trying to, well, trying to network, really. We're shifting away from Twitter in general. So if you want to keep up with schedule for launch, what I'm doing, please check out Threads and Blue Sky, as those are two most promising places for me. I know it's a lot to ask, and it's a bit of a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie there, but... I am really trying to do what I think might be the best for creators and trying to get their stuff out there more. So I apologize about that. Please go give these amazing creators a listen or chat. They're all phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you somewhere out there, though. Bye. Bye.